This is the On All Cylinders Podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Your host for today is Summit Racing's David Fuller with Pro Mod Legends and Nostalgia Racers, Fred Hahn and Jim Otte. Here we go. Well, welcome back to another On All Cylinders podcast. Our guests today are Pro Mod Legends, Jim Audie and Fred Hahn. Guys, thanks for joining us today. How you guys been? Doing real good, thanks. Great. Good to be here. Well, you know, last time we touched base, you actually stopped at, at the Summit Racing Store and, uh, you know, you had this new uh, nostalgia car you were working on. It was in primer. It was kind of a work in progress. I think that was mid to late 2019. What have you guys been up to since then? How's the car and uh, how's everything going with that? Oh, it took a while to get this thing figured out. I kind of, I don't like doing the same thing twice or so I kind of went at it in a different direction than, than I had in the past and a lot of it didn't work. <laughs> Self-inflicted wounds. So it took quite a while to get this thing on track, but after a year of struggling or so, finally last year, we got it going pretty good and uh, we actually won the last two races in the series. So pretty happy with it coming into the year. Well, it's a it's a vehicle that kind of got you out of retirement. Uh, what was appealing to, to building that? What, what kind of got you going again in, in, in building that car? Well, it's the sales of things just kind of really you know really took off pretty good and and if you look at it it's kind of an affordable race car that you can kind of build out of the old style pieces you, you don't have to buy a lot of the new technology we kind of do a deal where if it wasn't available in the 60s you can't have it so we kind of went back and found the old stuff didn't have to spend a lot of money on on the new stuff and uh it's just it's really more of a fun thing we race but we have a we have a group where we, we kind of party for two days and race for about 20 seconds. Yeah, here you're kind of mentioning that whole community yeah. factor. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a big group that likes to get together. I, and you sort of mentioned getting it dialed in. Fred, for you, I mean, it's a different type of vehicle than you're, you were used to. You're coming from the pro mod world, and here you are with a, you know. Well, what's, what's the biggest difference in a car? The biggest difference is this car has no clutch. I've been a clutch person all my life, so it's the brake pedal is now where the clutch pedal used to be. So when anything goes wrong in a pro mod car, the first thing you do is go for the clutch pedal. And you don't think about that. It's just muscle memory. So with Jim's patience and the car putting up with a lot, we're finally getting that more in sync than it was when we started by far. I do the burnout and slam on the brakes <laughs> thinking I was pushing the clutch pedal, but we're getting better at that. Yeah, I remember even uh, when we last saw the car, you even had like a note. Yeah, lots of notes, no clutch. <laughs> lots of notes, no clutch. <laughs> no clutch. <laughs> That's right. So you kind of touched on you know, the community factor of this nostalgia racing thing, and, and it, it seems to be gaining in popularity. Why Why do you think that is? Uh, what, what's what's great about it? Well, I mean, our group is a, is a supercharged double-A uh, gases of America, and it's and it's mostly a group of guys that raced back in the 60s and the 70s and just got to a spot where they couldn't afford what was going on. So we just kind of went back and, and got our old parts back out. And, our, and it's just mostly because it's it's affordable and, you know, a couple guys can go in on a car and, you know, there seems to be, a, you know, more helpers. We only race maybe once a month. So it's just kind of a, a gentleman's club where we, we kind of go and, and have a good time. And, of course, the cars are all just so unique, too. You know, you go and, you know, this straight axle old school that everything you said is, uh, you know, from the 60s. I think that it's got its own unique personality, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. The good part is we got these two or three new cars this year. Every every year we seem to get, a, you know, two or three new cars, and that's that's really good for 
for us, you know, and uh, and everybody really enjoys it. So, uh, you know, like we said last time we, we kind of spoke, it was mid-late 2019. How have you guys done over the last year with everything going on? Uh, has that hampered any of your efforts? Help? I mean, what's, what's, how have you guys navigated the world as it was in 2020 and early 2021? Well, it probably cost us half of our races last year. I think we had about eight races booked and we ended up doing three or four. The worst part is, is you just got to have spectators to make this work. And most of our spectators, you know, are, are gray hairs, but you know, maybe they got their grandson with them or granddaughter with them. And, and that's pretty neat to see them come out and explain to the kids what they had similar to what we're doing back in the 60s. And that, that's a pretty neat deal to watch and see the excitement in the kids. And, but to have the spectators back, that's really the biggest deal right now. Do you feel that, Fred, and, and as you're driving as well, just having a crowd there? Yeah, no question. Not so much going down the racetrack because your mind is preoccupied with what you're doing, but coming up the return road, usually you have people on the fence screaming and hollering and waving and all that stuff. And, and last year that was very limited you know so yeah you really miss that because you really go out and do this for the crowd and the fans and the spectators for everybody to come and have a good time and um, without that part of it you lose a lot of the what really happens in the show you know for you do you also enjoy working on the vehicle as well or you oh yeah yeah we work pretty good together as a team jim and his son dave and myself and a couple other guys and uh it's real hard to do it all by yourself. You know, it, it, it takes a team pretty much to do everything, you know. Well, speaking of nostalgia, we'll, we'll kind of go back a little ways to your roots. You guys, how long have you guys been uh, working together in, in the racing? Well, I started this, this circus in 1959. I started drag racing at the abandoned airports back when I started. It was all street vehicles and... I think I won my first race and I got $35 and I thought the guy wanted to buy my car. <laughs> so, so, and that set the hook and, and uh, you know, from then on we just, I started out with these gasser cars and did really well in the 60s with, with them. That's kind of what this car is a reenactment of the car I had in the late 60s. I started out, I was 20 years old running around with K.S. Pittman and Doug Cook from Stonewoods and the Cook and, and, and Junior Thompson and Bing John Masmanian, guys that were you know, pretty famous back in the day. Like K.S. Pittman, he kind of took me under his wing and really taught me how to work on a race car. And I mean, to this day, I still use what, what those guys taught me and how to do things and yeah. the right way. And, and uh, you know, the harder you work on them, the better the results. It's just, it's just that simple. But, you know, and we did real good 69 with, with a car very similar to that. I won a uh, Division One points championship, was uh, voted driver and mechanic of the year which was the first time they'd ever done that in Division One. I. I got that honor a year before Grumpy Jenkins got that honor. Oh, wow. So that was, a, that was a pretty good deal for me. And got to it first before Grumpy Jenkins. Yeah, so I mean, that was the first time they ever, one person, one driver and mechanic of the year. So that's still stuck in my memory pretty good. Yeah, and you've, you've had lots of honors, but 12 championships in Probon, right? Yeah, we do. Me and Fred got hooked up. I think we got 12 championships in 15 years of racing. So yeah. we won a championship in every type of points that they had out there. <laughs> so how did you end up in, in the Pro Mod class, and how did you two sort of end up together? Well, um, I kind of took a break for a bit, and I actually introduced this fast door slammer thing. At, at first, it was called a quick eight deal, where there was a top sportsman class, but on Saturday night, they would take the quick 
eight qualifiers of top sportsmen, stick them out in a racetrack, race heads up, and the winner was the winner. Well, that kind of, I think I'd like to do that. You know? And it was a door slammer car, so I started putting the car together, and everybody at the shop, Fred's been a customer for a long time. He bought some of my old race cars and stuff, and, and we're building this door slammer car, and everybody's like, well, who's going to drive? Who's going to Who's ever standing here when the car's done? going to be the driver. Well, Fred started out, and we kind of, it was kind of a torture chamber at the get-go. We went through a couple of cars before we got something that was any good, right? But we'd go to these door slammer things, and they were all down south. We'd go to Darlington or Bristol, and I had an old snowmobile trailer, three-axle snowmobile trailer. We put this primer, they call it the primer rag from, from the northeast, this old Corvette we put together, and went down to Darlington and Bristol, and everybody was really striving to run a six-second run at uh, 200 mile an hour, and, and the rules were pretty open. All you had to do was sit on the left. That's all he really cared about, right? So, okay, we're gonna sit on the left, but we're gonna do a little different, right? Okay. So I kind of built a funny car chassis, you know, I had a torsion bar in the front, a little different. We built a driver pod for Fred on the side, like a jet car. We put a solder in in the car, like a top fuel car. So it was kind of a mishmash, but there were no rules. I didn't sit on the left, right? So we go down to Bristol, Tennessee, and everybody's trying to go at six. We go out and go 668 or 208. That changed the world. For us, <laughs> everything we had, we had to, we had to change because the following year, they made it a pro mod class, and then now there's three, four pages of rules, right. and everything we had was a rule that you couldn't have. <laughs> so you kind of shot yourself in the foot. Pretty there. much. Pretty Fred, much. what were you thinking about? You know, when when he designs this car and you're talking about all these unique features, and then here you are. Well, by far, we had the best and most advanced car out there for what we were doing, so it gave me quite a bit of leeway on the tree as far as driving and that goes because with his horsepower and stuff in the car we had pretty much things in control you know but um through the years like he says a lot of rule change i mean they even took my butterfly steering wheel away you know i mean things that meant nothing for performance but because that car had them you couldn't have them you know it was good i mean we had a lot of very successful years of uh, doing that through the years in pro mod even with all the rule changes every week he'd go nuts they'd call and Friday, you know, Friday at five o'clock, we get our rule change. Yeah, I guess sometimes it just doesn't pay to be too good at what you do, right? I well, mean, you're coming up with these innovations, and they're saying nope. Yeah, sometimes it's just uh, no good deed goes unpunished. I guess I guess, that's right. That's right. We hope you're enjoying the On All Cylinders podcast powered by Summit Racing. We'll get back to the interview in just 60 seconds. But after the show's over, check out summitracing.com. Whether you're restoring a vintage classic, building a tire shredding hot rod, outfitting a rough and tough off-roader, or just keeping your daily driver running strong, you'll find the parts and tools you need to get it done at summitracing.com. Wheels, tires, paint and body, brakes, exhaust, engine parts. Summitracing.com has everything you need for anything you drive all backed by blazing fast shipping and the best customer service in the industry and ordering couldn't be easier either via phone online or the summit racing mobile app need help with your project call summit racing's tech support team and they'll be able to answer questions and recommend the right parts for your ride that's summitracing.com now back to the on all cylinders podcast so any special memories from those days that stick out in your mind? And a lot of championships to talk about through the years, but any special memories and any, any do-overs that you would, you would do differently? I mean, I get, I get asked that question a lot, and I can't really remember a lot of the races that we won, but I remember the people. That to me, and to this day, is still the most important part of what we did was 
all the people we met and raced, the Scotty Cannons and Charlie Carpenters and Mike Ashley's and, you know, all the people that we raced with. And we battled, but we all had mutual respect for each other. We respected Scotty, Scotty respected us. I mean, that, that's really my biggest memories and, and the helpers that we had through the years. You know, some of the course, we, we were struggling. We were pretty well done before some had come along. We were just out of gas. I, it started getting expensive and I couldn't buy the parts anymore. And I, I could, you know, we didn't have much funding and some had came along and before summer we had blower drive service and synergen oil and we just have enough to you know we built our own cars built our own motors built our own blowers built you know fred would build the, the trannies and the rears and the, fred would take care of the car from the motor plate back you know and, and we could struggle along and get we couldn't go to all the races but we could if we went to enough match races, we could come up with enough funding to go to the major events. I mean, some years we would do 30 races a year just to be able to go to the, to, to the major events. But it's still, you know, the people, you know, my son's been working with me since they're 14 years old. And I got twin boys, Dave and Dan, they didn't hardly miss a race. And, you know, I, I have a wife that supports this every day still. <laughs> Believe that or not. Yeah. And I mean, and, and that's really the... You know, the biggest thing that, that just stuck in my memory is the, is the people that helped us do this. You know, yeah, we won races and it was great in championship. We got some at their very first points championship in 2000. I mean, I think that trophy still sits on the boss's desk from what I hear. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. You know, and we, a few years later, we got our first championship was the IHRA champion. And it was 2000, 2003, we got an NHRA championship. And it was mostly because of the people that helped us. We could not have done this. Yeah, well, we certainly marvel at what you guys did through the years. And then, uh, you know, it, it kind of decided to step away. And then now here you are back. How much convincing did it take, Fred, for, uh, for you to come back and, and kind of work with Jim here on this project? Well, you know, I've gone places I would have never gone without Jim, needless to say. And I have, we're very good friends, and I have the most respect for him and he wanted to do this and even though it's really not my forte i would i jumped at the opportunity to help him out a little maybe coaxing and yeah. dragging from jim but uh <laughs> i owe him all of this and i enjoy doing it you know i mean we have a good time doing this and uh the wives have a good time doing it jim's boys you know it's it's a a, a group deal you know and this is way laid back from the pro moderation and changing pistons between rounds. You know, this is this is much easier. Yeah, like you said, it's it's a lot about the people. Uh, it was back Definitely. then. It, it seems like it still is. The now people you meet events. through the years are are lifelong friends and memories. And you know, we won our first national event for IHRA up at Empire Dragway, which is home to us. So to win our first national event in front of the hometown crowd was a a really neat thing you know it's always good to win at home no well you mentioned some of the also the some of the uh, innovations that you, you kind of came up with especially at the outset anything that you see out there now that you notice as far as innovations that you kind of marvel at or any, any new technologies that you're applying now well I mean what really changed ProMod a lot in the last few years is the uh, torque converter technology me and Fred were clutch people you know we could make that thing do anything we wanted to do with a clutch pretty much you know what we would change or how we would run the clutch or how we'd leave the start line at what RPM or how much counterweight or we'd have on the clutch and stuff. And we kind of adapted that pretty early on and, and that, gave, that really helped us a lot, right? Now there isn't a ProMod car out there that has a clutch because of the torque converter technology. 
and it, and it's really come a long way and and it's you know it's a, a torque converter converts the torque into usable energy to drive the car so there's a I, I get the point of it and it's a lot easier to leave the starting line you leave the starting line you just let the button go on the steering wheel and away you go right so it made driving a lot easier and I made these cars a lot quicker. And, and now they're starting to put clutches in the torque converters where they're locking them up. I mean, I, I think there's no end to this. Do you still follow uh, drag racing, uh, uh, sportsmen and pros, or you guys step away from it? Or you, do you guys still have interest in what's going on in that world? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still follow it a lot. I, believe it or not, I, I have guys I work with with top fuel cars and funny cars and pro mods. and. You know, we just kind of bounced off. We, we, get, we get in trouble. You have someone to call and we talk. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time working on top fuel cars, believe it or not. You know, and I, and I enjoy that. You know, they'll, they'll look at what I come with as a, a total different outlook at what they're trying to achieve because I kind of come at it different than what, how they do. And, same vice versa and it really works out well for all of us Fred, what about you i know last time we talked again a couple of years ago you're just kind of getting into this and you sort of mentioned that you didn't follow it real closely because you're afraid maybe it would <laughs> give you an itch to come back well the itch is already scratched <laughs> right. now so we're here now yeah, so yeah uh, pay attention to what everybody does you know i look at things through a different set of eyes than jim does jim looks at the car and the tuning aspects and this and that I look at the people I have to race, their habits, what they do, how they stage the car, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I know I got a good car. I know he's given me a package that'll get to the other end. So my job is to get it there. And like I say, I see things through a little bit of different eyes, you know, needless to say, we all work on the car, the car has to run, but he can't work on me when I'm in there, I'm by myself. So I have to have my mindset in that place. His mindset is, on the car. Yeah, that dynamic seemed to work out real well for you guys. Yeah, so. it, it yeah. does. We seem to know what each other's doing before we do it. Yeah. We've been together so long doing it. He knows my moves and what I should be doing, and hopefully I'm able to tell him what I felt and what we need to do for the next run. The part I enjoy really the most of it anymore is like we, we've won a ton of races. I don't really need to win any more races. I don't really need to be... The part I really enjoy is is taking a vehicle and have the scoreboard light up with a number that's never been done before with this type of vehicle. In other words, that's my enjoyment, is to see how quick and how fast I can get this thing to do something that never, no one's ever done before. That's my enjoyment, what keeps me doing this. Yeah, that's the motivation. And, and you talked about, uh, you know, th- this current nostalgia deal that you're in, that kind of takes you back to your, your roots. Uh, so we'll kind of ramp back to the, the vehicle that you're driving now. And even I think the color is kind of going back it's to your same. roots, right? And the last time it was here, we saw it, it was primered. It's the same 55-gallon drum yeah. with Louie's yeah. had for yeah. years. It's, it's, it's 1957 Oldsmobile Sapphire Mist Blue. Everybody thought I had a drum of it because all my cars through the 60s were all the same color. It's just something I found I liked. I stick with it. It makes yeah. it easy for me. It's yeah. going to be blue. Yeah, you you, you called it last time that we talked that that was going to be the deal, and uh, we had a chance to look at the car. It looks fantastic. Tell us just a little bit about the car that you're driving now, Fred or Jim, and uh, a little bit about Nostalgia Racing and how it works. It's eighth mile, right? So just kind of give an overview of of that. Well, we'll let Jim take this since he built the car by hand from the ground up. It's just I tried to build it really close to what, what I did in Mom's garage back in the 60s which at that point in time, you had us take, take an, uh, a passenger car vehicle. You had to use the, the same automotive frame that it came with. 
you know, I needed to have a straight front axle and motors 10% setback on the motor. I tried to do this car, you know, as close as I could to what I did back then. You know, a few little updates, a reverse suspension a little different back in the day when I'll use ladder bars. And that worked really good. Last couple of cars I built with ladder bars and they were very successful. This time I thought I'd try a short wheelbase car with a four link and, and it made the job a lot harder basically to try to find the, what this short wheelbase car wanted for link leather, you know, instant center, all that. I had to, to kind of go back to school on all that stuff. Yeah, it is short wheelbase. Had a chance yeah. to be in it uh, a couple years back when you when you had it around. And uh, how did you come across the car? How did you choose to build that one in particular? And well, uh, what's I, I wanted to do another Austin like I had in the 60s. And you can't find a Tudor Austin. So there was a four-door laying in the field all rusty. And I thought, well, I can make a tour out of a four-door. I've done that before. So I just got a four-door, cut it all apart, made it, made it everything the hard way. <laughs> right. It's exactly it's what you were looking for. Yeah, so. yeah but it come out, it's come out decent. It's not a show car, but it's, it's a decent-looking race car now. So yeah. So what's, what's uh, power in it and what's some of the parts up front? Um, our, our deal for our, our uh, double-A gas rule is um, 427 maximum motor. Just kind of, again, looking back at what was available in the 60s and kind of the biggest motor in early 60s was a 427. So we kind of set the limit at a 427 cubic inch motor. So I got a big block Chevrolet. It's all cast iron, which you got to have. That's what it was back then. Cast iron block, cast iron heads. And we have to run a stock 671 blower like you take off the side of a diesel. No billet blowers, no billet parts. Just what we did pretty much back then. Vertex magneto, you know, all the parts that, that we used back then. So. And it's, and it's plenty good. I mean, you, there's enough tools in the toolbox to get one of these cars to go 150 in the eighth mile, you know, and, and that's, they don't really need to go any faster than that. I don't want to hurt nobody. So we, we have plenty of tools in the toolbox. And you mentioned it's kind of right now about test, 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 you know, just yep. getting out and testing. Uh, Jim, how do you feel the car is doing and you know, how much more is left in it for you? And just talk about, you know, racing and nostalgia vehicle. And, and we talked a little bit about, you know, clutch situation at the beginning, but it's eighth mile. Just kind of take us through some of the unique challenges there. First of all, it's a very short wheelbase car compared to a pro mod car. It does not react the same whatsoever. It's a converter car two-speed automatic, you know, versus a three- or four-speed Lenco in a, in a clutch deal. And foot brake on the left-hand side where the clutch pedal used to be, I've always had a handbrake. Funny cars, pro-mod cars, everything is a handbrake. So even still now when Dave is pulling me up to the starting line, at times when it's for time for me to stop, I'll reach for that lever that isn't there because that's just habit. You never right. think about those things. It's just habit. Race cars, when something happens out there, if you think of what you're going to do, you're way too late. It's already happened. So everything is just a, a reaction to the action that's taken place. So in my case, the shorter wheelbase, the brake being a different location, no clutch, the automatic, that's my challenging part. That's a challenge for me. Obviously, something very different than, you know, like you said, you're used to reaching for the, you know, the brake, all that. So anything else, you guys? Uh, what, what else you got planned for the summer? I mean, obviously, you're making up for lost time or <laughs> trying to. Or we, have about seven races, you know, we have about seven races booked, like I said, okay. about, one, about once a month. And, and we'll go out and do some tests. And I, I mean, this car, as Fred explains it, it's really twitchy. I mean, we've, we've run it into the concrete wall already once last year so, so it's and that's really the part i'm working the hardest right now 
to get rid of is to get this thing to just be smoother and not so twitchy and just, you know, behave at speed because it doesn't right now. Yeah, it's yeah. very sensitive. The Pro Mod cars with the longer wheelbase and that kind of power, you could kind of muscle them where you wanted them to go. This you can't muscle. You know, it's this is, what it wants to do. you <laughs> have to finesse this. It just takes off and you try to catch up with it, which I remember driving that and that's not, that's not a happy deal. <laughs> yeah, expect the unexpected, right? And you don't have a chance to react to it. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well guys, I can't thank you enough for taking some time and uh, kind of updating on us, uh, updating us on what you've been up to and uh, good luck. And we can't wait to hear how things are going and hopefully see you guys soon. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, this is a pleasure for us get to kind of sit down and talk about it and especially with summit that has meant so much to me and in my racing life and and still does and and uh, i just enjoy all these people that, that have just helped me so much all along the way appreciate hearing from a member of the family or team yep. team is part of the family and uh yeah summit has treated us great we wouldn't be here if it wasn't exactly for summit right. Like I said, hopefully we'll get out and get a chance. I, I love the, the look and feel of this class. And Stop and, out. Bring your helmet. I'll let you take it right away. <laughs> oh, <around. yeah. laughs> After what you just said, uh, I don't think so. I'll watch. The <laughs> thing really is growing. I mean, it's yeah. it's just it's just really growing. It's just some of the stuff just becoming affordable. You know, it's just still on a race. you got to figure out some way to do it, and we've kind of done that. That's great. Now, we're glad to see you out again. And I'm just like I said earlier before we started, I'm just glad that people were able to get out and start enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. no question. Yeah. It's it's. It was a tough year. It's been a tough now. year. We'll yeah. be at Thompson this weekend, and there should be a gasser reunion. So lots and lots of gassers and people. And we're really looking forward because we couldn't do this last year. So we're looking looking forward yeah. to getting out and see the people. And yeah, like I think you said before, you know, you're partying for two days and you're racing for seconds. Twenty of time. seconds. Other night, we're, <laughs> other night we're talking to the people and the, the kids come over and sit in the car and take a picture, and that's the stuff we really enjoy right now. This has been the On All Cylinders podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Check out new episodes coming soon at onallcylinders.com. Onallcylinders.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.